This episode of the Astro Powder Podcast is brought to you by Gama. Are you looking for a solution to coat your most difficult products with no touch-up? Then Gama's dynamic contouring equipment is the right solution for you. Unlike robotic coating, dynamic contouring offers greater flexibility without all the programming hassle while correctly positioning each powder gun to automatically coat your parts. For more information, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with GAMA. Hello, all you powder coating fans, and welcome to episode number 12 of the Ask Joe Powder Podcast. Thanks for taking time to join us. We really appreciate your support. I'm your host, Joe Powder, a.k.a. Kevin Biller, and with me is my esteemed colleague, sidekick, and one half of the powder coating dynamic duo, Nathan. He's Powder Coating Research Group's formulator, dude. I love the smell of Stannis Octoate in the morning. We're broadcasting from the PCR Group Studios in Columbus, Ohio. Just so you know, the purpose of this Ask Joe Powder podcast is to bring news and technical know-how to the global powder coating community. Let's get it rolling. Okay, but before we do... Shout out! I'd like to give a shout-out to... Alessia Venturi and her colleagues at EOS Marketing and Communication. Alessia is the powerhouse behind International Paint and Coatings Magazine, which is also known as IPCM. She's the magazine's editor-in-chief, and she and her colleagues started the publication just over 10 years ago, which was in the throes of the Great Recession, if you recall. To me, it seemed like a colossal undertaking from my vantage here across the Atlantic Ocean in Columbus, Ohio. But she and her team have built IPCM into a monumental publication. Each issue boasts over 160 pages of fascinating stories about emerging technology and triumphant successes in converting old finishing processes over to cutting-edge operations. So... Bravissima, Alessia. Atimo Lavoro. Okay, now for some news in our Guess What segment. Guess what? All right, and speaking of the International Paint and Coatings magazine, they report that Adapta Colors out of Spain announced a new color collection they call Eternal as part of their ultra-durable range, which is architectural type coatings. If you're not familiar with Adapta, they do a lot of interesting work with colors and special effects. They have a proprietary bonding process that creates a unique kind of finish. But this collection is a two-coat system. There's a clear coat that provides excellent chemical resistance. And since it's ultra-durable, it should meet the specifications of Qualicoat Class 3, GSB Premium, and AMA 2605. So that's your 10 plus years Florida type durability. European's Coding Journal reports Frylock put a new 
administrative building into operation. They cited growth in recent years as the reason for expanding their powder coating production with a new logistics center and warehouse in September of last year, and then this new administrative building with space for 70 employees that just opened. So it sounds like they're doing all right for themselves. There's a press release from Axo Nobel. They'd say they've acquired Stahl's powder activities. And with it, they're UV and low-temperature thermally cured powder coating technology. They're hoping to strengthen their position in the temperature-sensitive substrates market, so they'll be providing solutions for MDF, plywood, thermoplastics, and composites. Uh, that's always exciting. Uh, you know, we're big supporters of UV powder here, so I'm all for it. Yeah, you know, and, and Stahl, I think uh, their their powder R&D activities, um, if I'm not mistaken, were located in uh, the Barcelona area, which is interesting. I think some old colleagues of mine actually are, are technical people there, so very interesting news. All right, and what gets you mad this week, Joe? What gets me mad? No, maybe I'm in a good place, but can't say anything's getting me mad right now. So, think it's time to move on to our Q and A portion of our podcast. Do you have a question? Ask Joe Powder. Well, you can ask him. Ask Joe Powder. He has the answer. That'll answer. Powder coating. It's the Ask Joe Powder podcast. All right. Well, our first question comes from Bonnie Hacker. She's a manufacturing engineer out of Milwaukee. She says, "Hi, Joe." I hope all's well in the world of technological advancements in powder coat. I have a question concerning the hazards of powder coat that is spray-ready. In my safety data sheet, there's an area with minimum ignition temperature of 420 to 490 degrees C. Does this mean that a dust cloud made up of this powder coat would not ignite unless it's exposed to that temperature? Or is that temperature based on the product's willingness to catch fire? I'm doing a safety training for combustible dust and want to include our powder coat process. We have a curing oven nearby and the act of blowing down the booth with an air hose is occurring. Am I way off base? Is there an issue with combustible dust and powder coat? Any info that you can share would greatly help. Okay, Bonnie, thanks for your question. And it's it's true that all organic-based dusts have a tendency to combust at a certain concentration and temperature. This minimum ignition temperature, as you state, is 420 to 490 degrees Celsius, which, you know, um, in Fahrenheit, that's about 790 to over 900 degrees, which we're talking about minimum ignition temperature. This is a, more or less a static condition where the heat is the the source of the ignition as opposed to something like explosivity associated with uh, maybe a, a spark. So basically this minimum ignition temperature has to do with thermal conditions uh, and thermal conditions only. So when you think about it, 420 to 490 degrees Celsius is a, a rather extreme condition uh, that would be really 
unusual to experience in a coding environment. It's one of those things like if your coding environment is approaching 500 degrees Celsius, you got other problems. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I would say minimum ignition temperature in that range is really not a, a serious hazard situation. That being said, um, there are a number of different properties of a powder coating that uh, have to do with explosivity. And uh, kind of just go quickly go through the list. Like you men mentioned, minimum ignition energy, or MIE, which is measured in millijoules. Explosion, severity, volume resistivity, chargeability, and self-heating. Uh, th these are some interesting uh, properties. Some might even say they're esoteric. But if uh, you or somebody in your organization wanted to get a little more information about that, uh, I can supply a list of organizations that are that do the primary testing of these properties. So good luck, Bonnie. It was good to hear from you. Kindest regards, Joe. Okay, and now a word from our sponsor. Gamma's Optistar all-in-one control unit leads the industry with a design fusing electrostatics and powder feed in one compact device. By combining the powder injector and control unit functionality into one device, you get the highest coating efficiency, fastest response times of powder output, and excellent cleaning performance. For more information about the Optistar all-in-one, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877 Four three seven six seven seven one, and be sure to mention "Ask Joe sent me." When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with Gamma. Powder Coating Research Group is a proud sponsor of the Ask Joe Powder Podcast. PCR is the only independent laboratory dedicated to powder coating technology. We do everything from raw material evaluation formulating the next generation of coatings, new product development, testing, troubleshooting, training, and consulting. To find out more, visit our website at powdercoatingresearch.com or you can email Kevin Biller at kevinbiller at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening to the Astro Powder Podcast. Okay, let's get back to our question and answer uh, portion. Dear Joe, I'm using a gloss black polyester-based powder paint in an environment where denatured alcohol is present. When the surface comes in contact with the alcohol, the gloss hazes over and becomes dull. Similarly, I have a polished steel-slash-nickel-plated part with a liquid lacquer overcoat that's suffering the same fate. I'm looking for the chemistry in a gloss black powder and a clear gloss powder that I can substitute for the lacquer that will survive the environment. Thanks. Okay, Steve. Thanks for your question. Denatured alcohol will attack some powder coatings, but uh, really not, not others. You mentioned that you're using a high-gloss black polyester. Some polyesters are formulated for higher chemical resistance, whereas others are are maybe just formulated for decorative purposes. I think the one that you're using is probably the latter. So here's what I would, I would recommend. Before you even contemplate changing coatings, 
ensure that the powder that you're using is achieving full cure. A less than fully cured powder will be attacked by organic solvents regardless of the chemistry. To check for cure, I recommend leaving the coated part in the cure oven for a longer period of time, say maybe an additional 10 or 15 minutes, and then check the resistance to denatured alcohol. If it's acceptable, then problem solved. If you see no change in resistance, then you should consider switching to a more chemical-resistant product. Two alternate chemistries immediately come to mind, and that would be polyurethanes and epoxies. Both provide very good to excellent solvent resistance. It's important to note that epoxies fade in sunlight, so unless this product will never see the, the light of day, then you should opt for the polyurethane. Polyurethanes are a good choice for high-gloss finish, too, because they have relatively low viscosity and can provide a very glossy surface at even a somewhat thin film. And regarding the clear coat to replace the lacquer, uh, polyurethane is also a good choice. And one thing to always keep in mind, make absolutely sure that your coating is com completely cured. Otherwise, you cannot expect the film to resist chemical attack, chipping, scratches, or, or other important performance features. Hope this helped you, Steve. Best regards, Joe. All right, we got one more question. This one's from Mike Dennis. He's an architect out of Salt Lake City, Utah. He says, Dear Joe, I came across an article you wrote in 2016 entitled Polyester Powder Coatings TGIC versus HAA. I was wondering about your opinion about TGIC polyesters being banned in the U.S. We're selecting a new standard for our powder coating. We want to try to avoid something that will be banned in 5 or 10 years. This will be for outdoor furnishings like benches, light poles, gates, guardrails, etc. We'll be getting these things from various vendors and recoating them over the years as needed due to damage. We don't want to change colors any again in a few years because the product has been banned. Thanks for any advice, Mike. Okay, Mike. Thanks for your question. Let's break this down. As you state, TGIC is currently not banned. And as a matter of fact, TGIC is actually not banned in the European Union. It can be used. However, products containing it must carry a label that identifies it as a potential mutagen uh, that label will have a uh, skull and crossbones. But uh, mutagen means that it could cause genetic defects. And consequently, powder coating manufacturers in the EU have made a commercial decision to reformulate products to exclude the use of TGIC. This move was made in the early to mid-1990s. Stateside, however, Powder coating manufacturers decided to continue offering powder coatings that contain TGIC, albeit with safety data sheets that detail the potential hazards of handling TGIC-containing powder coatings. On a side note, it's interesting because TGIC is less toxic than most solvents that are used in industrial liquid paints. In addition, believe it or not, it's less toxic than the most common white pigment titanium dioxide, which is used in paints, paper, sunscreen, and until recently, food coloring. Technically, titanium dioxide is classified as a group 2B carcinogen. That being said, 
TGIC has been on California's Proposition 65 as a substance of very high concern. Um, it was on that list for a while, but the state of California made a decision to drop it from the list back in 2014. So California doesn't see this as a highly hazardous compound as well. From a practical standpoint, though, for your needs, it's fine for your coders to use TGIC-based powders for the products you list. Nevertheless, it's important for, for them to practice safe handling, including adequate local exhaust and the use of proper PPE, personal protective equipment, for their operators who handle TGIC-containing powders. If, in the future, TGIC-containing powder coatings are no longer commercially available, there will be no problem with refurbishing hardware um, or coating new items to match the color and look of previously coated parts. Our laboratory routinely matches colors and looks, like the gloss texture, etc., in a wide variety of powder coating chemistries, including TGIC or non-TGIC containing formulas. And all powder coating manufacturers have this capability. So you shouldn't worry about the future in trying to come up with a match if TGIC is no longer uh, used in the United States. Hope this helped you with your path forward. And please let me know if you have any more questions. Best regards, Joe. Okay, uh, before we conclude, let's give you an update on upcoming events. Hey, friends, where are we going? To an upcoming event. All right, if you're listening to this on the day it release, that would be Tuesday, September 8th. The uh, Codings, Trends, and Technology Conference is going on right now, and it's the all-virtual, all-online. You should still have time to register. Go check it out and learn about all the new stuff that's going on. Okay, if you'd like to access the Ask Joe Powder uh, column, it can be found in Powder Coated Tough Magazine, which is a publication of the Powder Coating Institute. It also appears in PPCJ, which is Polymer's Paint Color Journal, uh, which is published mainly in uh, West Europe. Uh, it also can be found on Paint Coatings Industry Magazine's website, which is PCIMag.com, under their Finishing Flash tab. You can find us online at AskJoePowder.com. If you want to know about every time a new episode is released, you can subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, basically anywhere that you get your podcasts. We have a YouTube channel. We'll be posting videos there. We have a Twitter that's at AKA Joe Powder. And if you want to submit a question for Joe Powder, the email address is askjoepowder at yahoo.com or you can call and leave a message at country code 1478-2-ASK-JOE. That's 1478-227-5563. This has been a production of the Powder Coating Research Group. The original music 
editing sound effects are by nick page so long and thanks for all the fish and keep your powder dry Thank you for listening to the Astro Powder Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Gama. Gama's Optiflex Pro Manual Gun uses Power Boost technology, which gives you the industry's highest charging power at 110,000 volts and 110 microamps, allowing for faster and more efficient powder coating. We're handing you more power, more quality, and more control. For a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877 877- Four three seven six seven seven one, and be sure to mention "Ask Joe sent me." When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with Gamma. Proper PPE. Proper PPE. Personal protective equipment. Proper PPE. Proper PPE. Personal protective equipment. Ask Joe Powder. Ask Joe Powder. Ask Joe Powder. Proper PPE. Proper PPE. Personal protective equipment. Ask Joe Powder. Ask Joe Powder. Ask Joe Powder. Proper PPE. Proper PPE. Personal protective equipment. Denatured alcohol is present. Denatured alcohol is present. Test Joe Powder. PPE. 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 Test Joe Powder. I'm just going to start that over.